0: Take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we're going to read a couple verses just to get us started this morning. We're going to turn to a lot of Bible tonight, and just ask that you, you um, turn to the Scriptures and uh, let the Word of God bless you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, uh, the Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast learned of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I want to preach to a, a message tonight just entitled uh, Influence. Uh, and the question I want to ask you is uh, what or who influences you and who do you influence? Influence. Uh, this is thing that is needed in our church, it's needed in our homes, uh, because we have influence all around us uh, that we're not aware of sometimes, and uh, it's to our hurt at times. There's also times where we should influence others when we fail to do that correctly. Uh, so I want to uh, take this time tonight and uh, preach on that, so uh, let's go before the Lord and ask the help. Father, we, uh, we come before you and we thank you for uh, the church that you've uh, purchased with your blood Uh, We thank you for the the time that we can meet together tonight. We pray that you would meet in the midst of us. I pray that you would give me power to preach. I pray that you would help me to be godly, uh, to be holy. Uh, Father, as I preach, that it would glorify you, that it would edify each of us, and uh, that you would get the honor and glory for all that's said and done tonight. Father, help us uh, to have spiritual ears, that we would have understanding, we'd have wisdom, and we'd make at least one decision tonight that would glorify you Help each of us to ponder what that decision would be as the word of God goes out. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so influence, we see here first, the uh, first verse, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, We just heard a song uh, I love when Brother Patterson uh, sings. I'm not going to talk a lot about that other than I just love when Brother Patterson sings and uh, the grace that God gives us. Now, I'm not a hyper-Calvinist guy that just thinks grace can allow you to do whatever you can. We, I believe that grace is a disciplinary. Uh, grace, we're, we're not to take abuse of that grace, but God gives us grace. And he says, I want you to be strong And the grace that I give you. Because this grace is going to allow you to have victory in your Christian life. This whole message about influence is going to be a message about victory. You having victory in your Christian life. Uh, because if you have the wrong influences in your life, you will not have victory. If you're not being the right influence to other people, you will not have victory in your life. The whole message is going to be about victory. Uh, so this influence here comes from uh, the grace of God that we're under. And then we see here in the next verse, we see four, four groups of people here. Uh, first we see, uh, it says here from the, the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it says, In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, talking to Brother Timothy, he says, The same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able also, or should be able to teach others also. So the four groups. Paul the Apostle saying, Timothy, the things that I've influenced you on and taught you, I want you to take that and you find faithful men, then you influence them and you teach them so that they and influence other people. And I begin to think of who are the people that influenced me in my life the most. And we're going to get into some of that. Uh, but just off, off the first one that I thought of is my second grade history teacher. His name was Mr. Anderson. I come from the state of Texas, and in Texas, the people in Texas are very proud. You know why we're very proud? Because they teach that to us. Um, seventh grade history was a whole year of Texas history. They ingrained it in us. So then we use jewelry that's the state of Texas. We decorate with the state. Who does that? The state of Texas. That's what we do. Because we're taught to be proud of our state. Now, I've, I've tried to dye all that, but now Texas is infiltrating North Alabama. We have an academy, sports and outdoors. We have a Whataburger. We're getting a Bucky's. Come on, all we need now is a Shipley's Donuts and a HEB, and I'll be home, sweet home. <laughs> Man alive. Uh, but the influence that Mr. Anderson had to teach about Texas history, about the Alamo, the Battle of San Jacinto, which was 20 minutes from where I grew up, uh, it was just impactful on my life. And then I had a football coach who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, his name was Coach Drones. I played in uh, Tex City High School football. And uh, he was a, a father figure. He would influence me in the, in the sport, taught me how to play the position of tight end, uh, outside linebacker, things of that nature, to the point where he helped me get a scholarship. Um, it was just an influence uh, in my life. And then I think of uh, a dear brother in Christ, and I think him and his wife are, are tuning in tonight, uh, but his name is uh, Miguel uh, Cornelio. I don't want to do this every time I preach. Stop doing that. Huh. Miguel, make me choke up. What are you thinking? <laughs> anyway, uh, the influence he had is after I got out of the military, I started a job at a chemical refinery. And um, what happened is um, Brother Miguel asked me one morning, he said, if you died, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? Um, I grew up Catholic. Um, I was 24 years, uh, end up 20, turning 25 before I got saved. Uh, but I grew up in the Catholic Church. Uh, I grew up saying the, the model prayer, thinking it was the Lord's Prayer. I grew up doing all this stuff to uh, a Jesus who was not of the tribe of Judah. Uh, a Jesus that was an idolatry, 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 idolatrous Jesus. It was a fake Jesus what I'm trying to say. Um, but following that whole system of religion my whole life, and when he asked that question, I got choked up. And uh, he said, at lunchtime, can I teach you what the Word of God says? you talking about being an influence on me. The first verse that I remember he teaching me is, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he had the audacity to ask me what it meant. And I read it, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I was so blinded by my sin, so blinded by the, the course of this world, I had no clue what that verse said. And uh, he asked me, he said, would you read it again? Okay, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He says, what does it mean? I said, man, I don't know. He says, we'll read it again. Okay, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He says, what does it mean? And uh, I got upset. I started kind of getting after him. I said, look, buddy, you're the one who asked me to do the Bible study. And you have me read the Bible and you're telling me to explain it to you when you're supposed to be explaining it to me. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what the Bible verse means? And Mother, Brother Miguel's a former Marine. I did say former. <laughs> a former Marine. And uh, he said this. He says, why don't you read it one more time? I, buddy. I... <laughs> uh, but then I did. For all have sinned. <gasps> and I saw it. The influence of the word of God at that point. And I started naming every religious person that I could think of. I said, you mean they've sinned and they've come short of God's glory? Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, For the next six weeks, Brother Miguel took me through the gospel. Uh, The church there in Freeport, Texas, was praying that I would come to know Christ as my personal Savior. And one morning down in Texas, driving to work, hearing a gospel message at a red light, um, I bowed my head in tears and asked Jesus Christ to save my soul. I got eternal life. I got born again at a red light, brother. Um, Got saved, uh, got eternal life, and I still have it. Been saved now for 20 years. Uh, That will never change. But the influence that Brother Miguel had is one that is, is not going to change. I begin to think of who had influence on him, um, and then who had the influence on the guy that had the influence on him, and how that thing, uh, I guess it would be the spiritual genealogy. With that being said, let me tell you about the non-spiritual genealogy. Ancestry.com. Don't sign up for that stuff. It's controlled by the Mormons. They baptize on the behalf of the deceased, so that's why they're so good at the genealogies. Don't sign up for that stuff. Don't give your information and name to those people. That's beside the point. Anyway, uh, just thinking of the genealogy of, of, of how far, if it goes all the way back to the Apostle Paul, um, it's just an amazing thing to think about who influenced who, who influenced who. Uh, but then I started thinking about our church, how pastor influences us in the word of God to do right. Uh, how we have Brother Nelson as their Sunday school teacher, influencing us, uh, influ- and giving us influence about missions. Uh, then we have uh, our, our teachers in every Sunday school class that each week study the lesson to influence you to do right and do their best to, to try to uh, give you the word of God so you make decisions to do right. Then we have uh, the teachers in the MBI who are graduates of the MBI, MBI who have been influenced by others and their job now is to influence you to do, to do right, to get the word of God, to be successful, to have victory. You have our MBA teachers. They do a great job. Uh, you're great teachers. Uh, my wife, Miss Amber, Miss Bethany, uh, Miss Fowler, Brother Hatzel, if I miss anybody, uh, Miss Fiscus. Uh, just great uh, teachers influencing. Matter of fact, let me say this. In Miss Fiscus' class, uh, the kindergarten class, there's already been two kindergartners that took Christ as personal Savior this year. Already two. That's just an, You talk about it, some influence there. Uh, but just being able to be a teacher, I think about the bus, the bus ministry. <laughs> Bless y'all's heart. Uh, they they have the divine privilege to influence these kids uh, that ha- don't have any godly influence in their life whatsoever. So it is it is a full time job because as they're influencing them, they have to watch their behavior uh, because you have to have so much patience with those kids. And the moment you lose your patience, you're now teaching them wrong. And this is going to hit home at our it's going to hit home at our homes about losing patience and stuff like that, because we teach and we influence uh, with our actions and with our behavior. Uh, I'm I'm thankful for the bus ministry. Uh, But who has influenced you in your life? Let me give you some definitions here. Uh, Influence is the general sense. It's the influence denotes power whose operation is invisible and known only by its effects, or a power whose cause and operation are unseen. Uh, Moral power, power of truth operating on the mind, uh, rational facilities or will, and persuading or dissuading as the influence of motives or ar- of arguments or of prayer, um, power acting on sensibility as the influence of love or pity and sympathy, a spiritual power or the immediate power of God on the mind as divine influences of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I begin to think about how many, how many times the Holy Spirit has influenced us. Uh, Have you ever been influenced to witness to someone by the Holy Spirit of God? You're you're basically influenced and told you need a witness to this person. Um, To my shame, we were in California at a spiritual leadership conference. We were in Yosemite uh, National Park. Um, It's interesting that the day before we went to Hertz Castle, which is a a man-made marvel, uh, Hertz Castle there in California, and then we went to Yosemite. It was man's, uh, man's uh, glory and then God's glory. It wasn't even close to the competition. God's glory, uh, so much more was, was more beautiful. But anyway, we were in a place uh, at, the, at the, the Dome Rock in this place where a minivan had no business to be. And uh, there was a, uh, an emergency bathroom break and we finally found a camp where a guy was allowing us to use a, a porta potty or whatever and the whole time the Holy Spirit was saying, get out and witness to this guy. You're not supposed to be up here. Get out and share the word of God. Get out and give some kind of witness. And to my shame, I didn't get out that car. But it's been a reminder of me, uh, when those things happen, I'm just going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. So I don't want to feel like I feel right now by not witnessing that guy. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what did happen to that guy. Uh, What about the Holy Spirit influencing you to give? Um, To give some kind of financial uh, uh, gift or something with your time or influence you to forgive someone that doesn't deserve forgiveness And we understand that we don't deserve forgiveness. Our influence is you just to love people and to pray for people, Uh, the influence of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I'm going to give us some main modes of influence in our life, some things to watch out for. Uh, Like never before, this world is influencing us and we're under attack. We're being bombarded with the influences of this world. And it's so subtle that we don't even notice it sometimes. Um, we're being influenced here, we're being influenced there. Uh, This is all to steal the hearts and minds of not just the children or the young singles, but to every single individual in here, to steal your heart, to steal your mind, to get you hardened through the deceitfulness of sin and to steal you away from your love to God. That's what this world does. It tries to get your love so that you can love this world and not the things of God. We have to be very careful with the influences that we allow in our life. Um, I read a story this week that made me sick to my stomach. You had down in Dallas, Texas, a uh, a drag show, basically. Uh, these transgender men uh, having these kids come in there, and they're da- dancing paro- par- 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 uh yeah, not very well in front of them. Um, and then you had some uh, guard Antifa men that, that anybody that wanted to stop this garbage uh, sitting there with their AR-15s guarding for all this nonsense to take place. I'm just saying, uh, we're being bombarded. Uh, those kids are, are being influenced. They're being robbed and stolen and uh, conditioned and all this other stuff. And we have to uh, be careful uh, what influences we allow in our lives. So I'm going to give you some uh, main modes of influence. Most of them are going to start with the letter M. All right, so I'm going to start off with first multimedia. Multimedia, this is going to cover a lot. This is not just TV uh, this is YouTube. This is basically anything you look on a screen. I don't care if it's a laptop, a phone. I don't care if it's Facebook or YouTube or some other mode that you watch videos. Uh, you're going to get influenced by that greatly. All right? I grew up, I was born in 1977. I'm 45 years old. I think I'm middle-aged. That's halfway to 90. That has to be middle, right? <laughs> halfway to 90 is middle age, right? I would think. Anyway, um, but I grew up uh, with a dysfunctional family, therefore the, baby, the babysitter in my home was the TV. I was influenced by the Transformers, G.I. Joe, Silver Spoons, Knight Rider, A-Team, uh, reruns of I Dream, A Genie, Witch, Gilligan's Island, the Brady Bunch. Uh, all this stuff influenced me as a child. The Wonder Years, all these other shows is basically what I just gave myself over to. The TV was my babysitter. Uh, and that stuff was not innocent. Uh, that stuff is not uh, not harmful for you. And I guess thinking back to that time, it was probably child's play compared to what we have today. And, and the wickedness, how uh, the TV shows are going to try to introduce culture to our children. Uh, you're going to see on some of these commercials anything on a screen. Now, I'm talking about anything on a screen, phone, phone. Laptops, I don't care what it is, inter- going to introduce uh, same-sex marriage, going to introduce uh, transgenderism, uh, binary people, going to introduce all kinds of wicked- wickedness of teenage uh, immorality, uh, going to introduce all kinds of wickedness, adultery, killing, everything that goes against God, or you're going to be influenced by any screen that you have. By the way, do not spend all your time on a screen. If you catch yourself in that screen all the time, check yourself and stop. Maybe that's your one thing today that you change. Maybe that's that one thing today that you stop doing all the time. But find one thing that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you about, the things that you're allowing to influence you, and change one thing tonight, at least for this week. Change one thing. Make a decision to change one thing that the Lord speaks to your heart about tonight. Just one thing. Maybe it's the TV screen. Um, Let me give you uh, an example of how, how this culture is influenced by TV. Um, from 1978 to 1991, there was a show, uh, called Dallas. I know some of you are familiar with that show, uh, but basically it was a nighttime soap opera full of wickedness, uh, wealthy men and wealthy people doing all kinds of, uh, wicked deeds. Well, anyway, uh, this is one of the shows that had the first cliffhanger at the end of one of the seasons, uh, at the one of the end of the seasons from 79 to 80, uh, a guy, the main character there, that show named Jr. got shot. Um, some of you will remember that because the influence on our country, yay, the whole world, uh, was so magnified. Okay, so what happened is uh, uh, this actor that played Jr. went over to the U.K. A person offered him 100,000 euros or dollars to give the identity of who shot J.R. Uh, the Queen of England wanted to know who shot Jr. Uh, the influence of this stuff um, was, was absolutely astounding. They didn't know this, but the producers had filmed every single cast member and every single crew member of shooting Jr., so that no, the secret couldn't get out of who actually did it. All right, and so um, the influence that this had on a whole culture uh, was was just absolutely astounding. In um, the uh, episode that revealed the killer who done it. Between 83 and 90 million viewers, that's 76% of all viewership, and the United States tuned in to It, who shot Jr. Sadly, that's more people that voted in the presidential election that year, where Ronald Reagan did it, end up winning that thing. But more people tuned into this than, than uh, voted in the, uh, the presidential election. Uh, surprisingly, this show also caused the collapse of communist Romania. Uh, The president, Nikolai Ceausescu, uh, decided that this show was anti-capitalist enough uh, that he would show this to his people. Well, all it did was incite a riot because these people said, why is this stuff being withheld from us? Uh, Why are we not having this stuff? So they rebelled against um, Ceausescu, and they end up killing him and his wife in an airport. And uh, this is no joke. Romania is no longer communist right now. Uh, They're free because of this TV show? Really? You talk about some influence. Now, I'm so against uh, communism, it's not even funny. And I believe that it's wicked. I believe that the winds of communism is blowing in our country. Uh, I believe that division is blowing in our country. And I believe it's been happening for a very long time. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that here in a moment, but I'm so against communism. But this is what happens for communism to take hold You have to get rid of the middle class. If you don't get rid of the middle class, because communism is all about power, the power of the rich rich having control over the poor. That's all communism is about. Um, And so you have to get rid of the middle class. So thankfully our country hired, what is it, 87,000 IRS uh, to to, uh, really look into the middle class. Yeah, interesting enough. That's the winds that are blowing in our country. We're just going to keep trusting the Lord. We're going to keep warning about the influences that we have Uh, Just understand that TV, uh, those things that come over that screen is not good for you. Uh, You have to be very careful what you allow into your life. That TV is against anything biblical. It hates the family. It hates a godly father. It hates a godly mother. And it will make fun of all of those things. Uh, You think of Al Bundy and the Simpsons and all that stuff, how they made the dad look like a total idiot and they, they disgrace godly mothers. Uh, they, they, they make fun of godly mothers. They make fun of any kind of preacher or any kind of church. Uh, that influence is not for us. Uh, we have to be careful of that. I'm going to give you a, a quote we hear often. This is from Alexander Poe. Uh, Sin is a monster of so frightful mean as to be hated needs but to be seen. Yet seen too oft, familiar with her face, first endured, then pitied. Then embraced be careful what you allow to be influenced through that screen that you watch Um, Colossians 2 8 says this beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ Uh, so we're not going to slow down here number two is movies be careful with the influence of movies you say well I'm not influenced by movies oh yeah do you ever quote a movie any movie at any time, do you have any quote from Sylvester Stallone, uh, Clint Eastwood, Arnold Swit, uh that guy, Arnold, uh, do you quote any of that stuff? Do any, any, any movie quotes? Do you know people that quote movies? So I asked my wife about this, I said, do you quote movies? Do you have movie quotes, you know? And she told me the next day, she said, I appreciate you asking that question, because all I've been doing is catching myself quoting movies all the time. Um, anyway, be careful with movies, and if somehow you are going to partake in movies, there is a... Uh, uh, a, a, a streaming service called video angel or vidange uh that you take kissing out you take cussing I mean, you just take everything out of the thing and just watch about 30 seconds of the movie if you wanted to okay <laughs> uh but it's a safeguard and if you are going to watch some kind of movie then make sure that you have protection for yourself what about the uh what about the influence of the news media it's scary how they manipulate the false narratives uh, the fake news, all that stuff's real. I'm, I'm, maybe I am a conspiracy theorist guy, but it, that stuff is fake that comes down that news. Um, not only that, but um, when we had that pandemic, I did notice this about that pandemic, that that was a tool of the devil to divide, right? So we, we, we looked at this doctor on this website that said, you know, this, 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 and this doctor over there told other brother in Christ this, 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 and we got to church, we started fighting with each other my doctor said this, and you don't have to mask up. And we're sitting there arguing about all this stuff, arguing about mass mandates, arguing about vaccines. Well, who is the who causes division in 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 our church or in our country? Well, the wicked one does. We know that there was a system behind all that stuff to cause division, and it has not stopped. We have a president right now that said uh, anybody that uh, supports uh, one who the media has drugged through the mud. Even if you don't like, even if you don't know Donald Trump, you don't like him because what you heard in the media. What you heard in the media, he's crazy. Herschel Walker is everything you heard in the media. He's crazy, right? You don't know that he's crazy. That's just what the media tells. We don't tell. We don't hear anything about Uncle Joe in the media. I don't hear anything about that guy, but it's divisive. He said, you know, uh, 76 million Americans, if you uh, are, are uh, a conservative America, then you're a threat to democracy. He meant to use the word communism. You're a threat to my communist plan, uh, which is true. We are a threat to that because we hate that stuff. I'm just saying we're manipulated by the media, by, by the news outlets. Uh, let me encourage you this week, turn the news off. Don't be watching uh, Shapura, whatever his name is, all these other people. Turn the news off. That, that's not going to edify you. That's going to influence you. Influence you to hate. Influence you to get angry. Influence your blood pressure. That's not going to influence you to win a soul. That's not going to influence you to be godly, to read your Bible, to pray. It's not going to influence you to call somebody you haven't called in a while. Maybe to love somebody, forgive somebody. That's, all that stuff is going to incite you. Uh, to a place where it's not going to be edifying to you. Turn that stuff off. Maybe that's the decision you make. Uh, you're going to hear about climate change forever. They, they, they recorded God secretly, said so we're going to beat climate change to death. Why? Because the climate always changes. I mean, uh, it's, just, it's just common sense. But the media, uh, turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Uh, the media is something that the Lord dealt with also. Uh, maybe not in the same uh, fashion, but he did deal with some media here. Um, In Mark chapter 4, we have a leper that came to Jesus. Mark chapter 1 is what I meant to say. All right, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he uh, straightly charged him, uh, and forthwith sent him away, and said unto him, See that thou say nothing to any man. All right, this is the command that Jesus gave to this man that he just healed. Don't say anything to anybody. Don't say anything to any man. But you need to go do what the word of God says. You go show yourself to the priests and offer uh, the, the cleansing, those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto, unto them. Verse 45, it says, but he went out and began to publish it much. All right. That means he told everybody. He said, Jesus said, don't tell anybody. He went and told everybody. All right. So he went and, and then it said he and, and to blaze abroad the matter and so much that Jesus could no more openly enter the city but was out in desert places, and there came to him from every quarter. That means they came from him from everywhere. Why? Because a, a leper got cleansed. He then started influencing everybody, saying, Look, I know where there's a man that will heal you. There's, there's a man that I met, that, that, and, and then they see the testimony of this man, uh, but Jesus told them not to. It's interesting uh, that Jesus tells us to do, to do it, and we don't. He tells him, Don't do it, and he did it to go and witness to everybody. It's just interesting. Uh, but he, uh, he, he dealt with that problem. Uh, but then I want to give you the, uh, the, next, the next M on the list. Uh, that's music. Uh, letting music influence you. I guarantee you that there's believers all over this world, even in this auditorium, that you have, you have songs in your heart that you wish were not there. Uh, there's songs from the past. Uh, before you got saved, maybe you were saved. But there's songs of, of wickedness. Songs of of all the things that are against the word of God. And every time you hear that music come up, it flares up in you. Uh, Every one of us, that's an influence that we can't hardly get away. I'm, I'm, I'm telling not just young people, but everybody, be careful with the music you let in your ears. And the world is so slick on that now. Right now, they're using my generation's music in all the commercials. That's the generation buying everything right now. So they have 80s music, 90s music all in the commercials right now. Be careful what you let in your ears. Don't let your guard down in your home, the things that you listen, the music that you allow into your home. Uh, Make sure that you don't allow music to influence you. Bad music anyway. The standard for God's music is uh, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Music is a very, very powerful thing. Um, Matter of fact, when we were uh, expecting Michael, uh, Carrie used to uh, put classical music for the baby to listen to. It was supposed to make the child smart and attentive. That stuff doesn't work. (laughs) That stuff doesn't work. So you're wasting your time with that one. But it does influence. Let me give you the three parts of music. The melody affects the spirit. The harmony affects the soul. That's the intellect. And the rhythm affects the flesh. Uh, Music does affect us. In in 1 Samuel 16, 23, And it came to pass, When the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, That David took a harp and played with his hands. so Saul was refreshed and was well, And the evil spirit departed from him. Music affected David. Uh, It also affected Saul, I'm not going to read the whole passage of Scripture, but I'm going to give you what happened. Uh, what happened is uh, David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines and there was a playing of the music and a song. And uh, you remember what they started singing? The, the word answer here is, is used. I looked it up. It means singing. They were singing that David killed his uh, thousand, uh, ten thousands and, and Saul his thousands. They were singing that stuff. And what happened to Saul? He got so wroth he wanted to kill David. Because of the lyrics of a song that he heard, uh, it, it, it really um, influenced him in a way that he wanted to do some very ungodly things. And that's what music does. Uh, they use music at football games to get you fired up. They use it in the military to get you marching. Uh, music uh, will make you cry. It will lift you up. Music is a very, very powerful thing. We have to be careful what we allow into our ear gates. Um, and do not think that you're so spiritual that you've been saved so long that you're no longer vulnerable to that stuff, and you let your guard down. That stuff will influence you. It will take and steal and rob your heart from God. Uh, Music will affect you. Make sure, maybe that's the one decision you make tonight, that you, uh, even at least for this week, you guard yourself against some bad music. Um, You have that mute button if you do have TV. You have that mute button. You make sure that you pause, you, you fast forward. Don't listen to that stuff. Don't let it come through commercials or any other mode. Uh, but have godly music come into your life. That will influence you. All right, let's get to the next one. Um, I have for the letter M, mom. But it's mom and dad. You talk about the biggest influence of our lives are our parents. Uh, my parents influenced me. Um, I love my parents. My mom went on to, she died um, in 2011, got Louis Garrett's disease. But I, I've learned to honor my mom. Uh, my mom wasn't perfect. She, I don't believe she was saved. Uh, my mom had a lot of insecurities. Uh, some of those insecurities were passed on to me uh, because she influenced me in that way. But I got married uh, 16 years ago this October, and I got a new mom. She's good. Good to go. <laughs> She's good to go. Uh, but the influence that we have on our children, uh, we, uh, we have to be careful in our homes Uh, Our our children see us just how we are. They don't see church Church Brother Jeff, Church Miss Curry. They see uh, the parents at the house. Uh, It's so vitally important that we set a good example for them. Uh, When trials come into our life, that we handle those correctly. Um, Something spills, we handle that correctly. Because if we don't, we're going to influence them to handle to act just like we act. Um, Make sure that in your home that you're trusting the Lord. Um, and you influence your children for right. Make sure that uh, you're 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 protecting against yourself and some of your uh, some of Adam's nature coming out in you, uh, because the influence that you have on your children is going to be lasting. And you have to make a good a good good impression uh, on them. I, I had a guy that um, he went astray from his parents. Uh, was brought up in an independent fundamental Baptist church. Went astray from his parents, and uh, we were talking to him, and uh, his parents had biblical standards i'm not talking about personal i'm talking about god-given biblical standards chapter and verse this is our standard about we what we dress what we do what we don't do where we go where we don't go because of what the word god's word of god says uh that's the convictions that they had uh even though the son did not uh follow after his parents convictions uh he went astray I, i believe at 19 got into some trouble um, but now he's an adult and he had this testimony. He said, um, he said I've noticed in, in Christendom right now is that these kids go astray and the parents follow right behind them. Right. And uh, he said, I'm thankful for my mom and dad that when I, when I didn't, he didn't call it sin, but when, when I didn't follow uh, their beliefs, that they didn't move one inch. He said, had they moved one inch, he said, I would have thought I would have been abused as a child because how dare you teach me those convictions and you only believe them yourself? How dare you? And, uh, man, that was, that was pretty uh, loud when he said that. Uh, we have to be careful uh, that our conviction is not because of any other reason that we're saved and we want to glorify God and everything. Everything that's found in the Word of God, we want to glorify God and that we're 100% consistent in all those things or the best we can be consistent because we have uh, children to raise. So, mom... Uh, turn to Titus chapter two and verse, uh, beginning in verse one. Uh, Titus chapter two. I'll be honest. After I got saved, I was shocked when I read this. I was shocked, and I and I'll explain why. But this is the influence that you have. Uh, starting in verse 1, But speak those, But speak thou the things which become a sound doctrine, that the, age, the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound, in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be of, in, in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. Look what it says. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. I was shocked when I read that. I said, I thought that comes naturally. That a, that a lady would just love her husband. Naturally. No, that may be so, but they're also taught by the example of the aged women. How that they love their husbands. How that they treat their children uh, ladies, you have to influence the younger women. This is not a time to, to shun them. It's a time to influence them. This is, this is biblical. You influence them how to love their husbands. You influence them how to love their children. And you set the example to them. It's, it's, it's a God-given responsibility to the age women to have the influence on the younger women of our church. If we were to do that, we wouldn't lose so many of our generation. It's not time to, uh, uh, to rebuke them every chance you get. Not time to yell at them every chance you get. It's time to take them under your wing and teach them how to be godly. Teach them about holiness. And you got, you got to be that first before you can teach anybody that. Then it says to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, obedient to their own husbands that the word of God be not blasphemed. That's your responsibility of, of influencing the next generation. Uh, Dads, Ephesians 6, 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Your job and responsibility is not to sit there and make your kids mad every chance you get, but you're to to teach them uh, the ways of God. You're to discipline them in the things of God. And there's a fine line walking that. Uh, To be godly and not do that in the flesh or do that in anger, but to teach them and to train them, this is right, this is not right, and being consistent with that. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 35. Jeremiah chapter 35, we have the story of the uh, Rechabites. Uh, an interesting story here in Jeremiah. Uh, the Rechabites were, were told by their, uh, their great-great-grandpa uh, not to drink wine. And uh, what happened is, is uh, God is proving a point here. Uh, you see in verse 1 in Jeremiah 35, the word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jer- uh, Jericho, uh, the son of Josiah, uh, king of Judah, saying, Go into the house of the Rechabites and speak of them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Skip down to verse 5. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots of full, full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink ye wine. But they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, uh, our father, commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither shall your sons forever. Neither shall ye build houses, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyards, uh, nor have any. But all your days shall, be, shall you dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Verse 8. And thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, and all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days we our wives, our sons, nor our daughters. We're talking about 300 years. This is going to be great, great, great grandchildren. Why? Because they are influenced by their, their great, great grandpa not to drink wine, not to do those things. And the influence that this man had on them was so great that they did not want to disappoint him. Uh, and the fathers passed this down for generations and generations and generations. What are you passing down to your children? What are, you, what are you telling them? I'm telling my kids, you're not marrying anything, anybody that's a believer. Only people you're allowed to marry is a believer. Somebody that knows Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about these uh, just so-called Christians. I'm talking about a believer that loves the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a requirement that we have. And, and we're going to hold to that. Uh, I'm not wavering from that. And I believe my kids love me and they'll honor me in that. Uh, I want them to be an independent fundamental Baptist. Uh, be King James only. I want them to believe once you're born again, you're always born again. I want them to believe uh, in the God of this book. Uh, That's a requirement. I want that. I want them, I'm not necessarily pressuring them to be preachers, but I want them to be faithful to a local church all the days of their life. That they'll be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and all the times that the meetings go on. That's what I require of my children, and I hope that they teach their children that. And that their children teach their children that. And that God gets a hold of them because they're God's children that I have for a little while. Got to do my best. I got to do my best because the, the time's going to pass like that. And I'm not going to have another shot. Same with us. Anyway, uh, this story ended up being that um, God got a hold of his people and said, listen, I'm paraphrasing here I, just for time's sake. He said this, these people can obey their father not to drink wine and all this. And my whole people can't obey the voice when I even talk to you in the morning and give you commandment and you can't obey me? Not even the least of the little things, but you go after false gods? Uh, man, he, he was so upset with his people that he allowed a judgment and curse to come upon them. Uh, and he blessed uh, the house of Rechab. Look in verse 19, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want uh, a man to stand before me forever. Uh, because they bless their father, and there's a whole lot of applications to be made with this. Uh, I know Pastor S- uh, spoke a uh, message last week about the list. Uh, yes, we don't do the list to get saved. The list, uh, that thing is 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 uh, if you're lost and you're trying to keep a list, that's wrong. But if you are saved, man, you obey the things of God. It will be good for you if you do. Uh, if you don't, there will be curse. And it, it says that if you obey me, I'll bless you. If you don't obey me, I will curse you. Uh, when you find out that you don't have victory in your life, maybe it's because you're not being obedient to the Spirit of God, to the Word of God. That, those are the things that influence us uh, in our lives. But this, this, this man had his children obey him, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to, to see. And then the last M, I want to talk about the influence of ministry. The influence of ministry. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 beginning in verse 11. Uh, And it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, um, and then he gave, and and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now we know that we do not have apostles or prophets anymore, uh, but we do have evangelists. We call them missionaries. They go out and evangelize the world. The pastors do the job of of evangelists to evangelize the world. That's going out and sharing the gospel, Uh, getting people that aren't saved to hear the gospel, take Christ as their Savior. God gives that to the church. He also gives pastors and teachers. And then we see the reason for the perfecting of the saints to influence you to be a perfect person. You're not going to be perfect, but to influence you to make decisions, that's going to honor and glorify him. All right. For the perfecting of the saints. And then we see here for the work of the ministry. He's given you pastors and teachers and evangelists to influence you to work the ministry to influence you to be busy in the ministry. Uh, I've said this before. We have five uh, pastoral staff, uh, maybe six now, but the six people can't do the work of the ministry. It's an impossibility. There's no way that we can reach this world. There's no way that we can go out and knock every door every week. There's no way. We need you. Uh, We need to influence you to do the work of the ministry. Uh, The best I can, I want to influence you to do the work of the ministry. I want you to, to, uh, to raise up. Uh, The ladies go out on Tuesday mornings. We go out on Saturdays to go out and and share the gospel. Maybe that's the decision you need to make today, that you haven't done that in a long time. Maybe you haven't shared the gospel with anybody. I understand you can do it in the parking lot at at, at the Walmart. I understand that. You can do it at the restaurant. But I found this. If people aren't coming Saturday, they're not doing it in the parking lot. They're not doing it in the restaurants. That's an excuse. All right? That's an excuse. So come on out. Uh, You and your wife will give you some cards. You go make some visits. Just go say hi to some folks. I want to encourage you for, I want to influence you for the work of the ministry. Uh, God will be honored and pleased with that. You just have to obey that. Your flesh will be against that. Um, anyway, and then it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that we all be built up. Why? Uh, that we come into unity. Uh, the Bible tells us um, uh, that we be of the same mind, uh, that we strive together for the faith of the gospel. That, that's, that's the one mind that God has for our church to influence in the ministry, unity to be more Christ-like. And then there's a warning in verse 5. Look what it says, or not verse 5, but uh, uh, look at verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ to influence you to be more Christ-like.'" And then verse 14 is to warn you against false teachers, people that will give you false information, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we see here for the influence of the ministry uh, that you would be edified, that you would grow in knowledge of the Savior, uh, that you would make decisions every every day uh, to be more godly than you were the day before. Uh, that you would work the ministry, that you would make sure that you're not listening to false doctrines. We're not to be many masters. There's all kinds of winds of doctrine blowing out there, all kinds of winds. And you have to be warned against that stuff unless you're on YouTube watching some preacher. I I reached a lady here in Madison a few years ago, and uh, we just knocked on her door recently, and she sent me a nice email. It was great to see you. Um, I'm glad you came by. I've been now going to church on Saturday. Um I, I've had some people called the Seventh day Adventists have tell me, you know, and, and they got a hold of her and they influenced her in a way where uh she's given all the Seventh day Adventist doctrine now, uh but just in trying to warn her, trying to say, No, that, that's not correct. Uh they're influencing you. All right, turn with me to Hebrews chapter ten. Uh, Hebrews chapter ten. I want you to look at verse uh, 24. Verse 24. It says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Uh, We should be influencing every day. I want to influence you to love the Lord more, to love the fellow believers more, and I want to influence you for good works. That you do good. Why? Because there's a God on the throne who loves you who gave Himself for you, and He wants you to, to live for Him. You're going to hear message after message at Madison Baptist Church. Uh, if, you're, if you're lost, to get saved. But if you're saved, to edify you to do the work. Edify to get busy. You hear it time and time and time again. That's what the Holy Spirit of God is telling us, to get busy, to stay busy, to make sure that you're loving, that you're forgiving. You know, forgiveness is a good work. If you have unforgiveness today in your heart, bitterness, if you spoke evil of anybody this week You should get on your face, uh, whether it be at your pew or in front of here, and you should ask God's forgiveness. If you spoke any evil thing, if you had any complaint, and I know that you did, well, how do you know that, Brother Smith? Because I got Adam's nature on me too, and I'm guilty of being critical and complaining. Did you complain about anything this week that you shouldn't have been complaining about? I want to encourage you to get right with God. I want to encourage you to uh, make sure that I provoke you to love and to good works. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 3 uh, tells us this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily wise. it is called a day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13, if you would. Numbers chapter 13. All right, beginning in verse 1, it said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. All right? So God is is raising up men. There's going to be a total of 12 spies uh, to go search out Canaan, uh, to give word about what they found. Basically, God has already promised the land. And what do we say that the, the promised land is a picture of? The victorious Christian life. He's already promised them the victorious uh, victory, vic- victory in the new land. And so he, he sent men to spy it out. Then verse 25 says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and the Kadesh, and brought back word of them unto all the congregation and showed uh, them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We come unto the land, whither thou sendest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwelled in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Enoch there. Uh-oh. This is now going to be an evil report. Listen, we went there. We saw some good things. But I wouldn't go there if I were you. These, these people are going to influence the people not to trust God. They're going to influence the people not to go into the promised land. Why? Because they, they saw some walled cities. Uh, they saw, what else did they see? They, uh, we, we, saw, um, uh, we see here walled cities. Uh, um, they were strong, people be strong. Um, and the Amalekites dwell in the land, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains of the Canaanites, dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan, Then, then comes Caleb. He wants to influence the people for good. And He stilled the people. Everybody be still. I want you to listen up. Be still. Everybody just listen. I have a message for you. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are all, we, we are all well able to overcome it. But the men, and this is a good report, this is someone that's trying to influence a multitude of people to do right, to get victory, to go in the promised land. He's doing his best to say, do right, do right, do right, do right. Please, let's go. Let's trust God. Our God will deliver us if we just obey him and we go in the land. He will deliver us, so let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And then the people said, no, look at verse, look at verse 31. And the men that went up with him, Said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought uh, up an evil report of the land which they searched out of the children of Israel, saying, The land, uh, though which we have uh, gone and searched it, and the land that is eaten up with inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw are men of great stature, and there we saw the giants. And the sons of Anak, uh, which come as giants, and they, and they go on. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We are, we are but dust. We can't do anything. We're not going to trust God. We cannot win the world. We cannot share the gospel. We can't do any of that stuff. The stuff you're talking about of, of making sure that the multimedia doesn't affect us, we can't do that. It's too big. It's too great. You're talking about going against the course of the world. How are we to do that? You're talking about righteous living and holy living. How are we to do that? By the grace of God, you can do it. Amen. By the grace of God, you can make all those decisions. Uh, but we look at verse uh, chapter fourteen, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said, uh, said unto uh, the whole congregation said unto And the children of Israel murmured against Moses, and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, What God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or what God we have died in this wilderness, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us into the land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey, Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make, captain, uh, let us make a captain and, and let us return to, into Egypt." And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jephaniah, which were of them, that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. It is, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into that land and give it to us, the land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred unto us. Our, their defenses is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But look what it says, and all the congregation bad stone them with stones. And that's when God shows up. And God's about sick and tired of it at this point. And he's going to wipe these people out. But praise God for the influence of, of Moses to pray. Uh, pray to God. And, and Moses judged them now for every, every day that y'all searched out that land. That's 40 days you'll be uh, in the wilderness. And, and none of this congregation, other than uh, of, uh, Joshua and Caleb, are going to enter the promised land because they listened to an evil report and they did not want to have the influence of godly uh, men that told them the truth. Where are you at tonight? The influences that you have in your life. Are they pleasing to God? Is there any area in your life that you can change the influence that you have? Have the influence of the Word of God. The influence of the Holy Spirit of God. The influence of of the men of God. What decision are you going to make for victory this week? One decision is all we're asking for tonight. All I'm asking for. One decision that you can make this week. Some kind of influence. Maybe it's something that's in your life. Maybe that's something that can go out from your life. What is going to be that influence in your life this week? Let's pray. Father, we, we come before you and we thank you for, uh, we just thank you for loving us. Uh, Father, thank you for being mindful of sinners to uh, give the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to pay for our sin debt. Uh, we thank you for Madison Baptist Church. We thank you for a place of safety, of refuge that we can come hear the word of God preached. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, each of us uh, would make decisions that would please and glorify you. Lord, start a revival in our church. Start it with one individual, the next individual. Why? That we would we would have victory in our Christian life for your honor and glory, Father. That we would go into to having the victorious Christian life. You want us to have life and have it more abundantly. But to do that, we have to be obedient to you. Please, would you convict us? Would you convince us? And Father, would you have your will and way in this invitation as we... As we pray in Jesus' name.